Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. So when I was a kid, I had a really special way of doing Christmas presents, and maybe you do or did the same thing, or kids maybe do this now. This was my way of doing my Christmas presents. I would take my pile of presents, and the first thing I would do is I would shake it, right? I'd shake my presents, and I, was, I grew up in the 80s, which means I, we had the greatest toys ever, and I could pretty much figure out what my toys were by shaking. And the, you know, Legos sound like I had a broken lamp, but you knew they were Legos, right? And if you're special that like did well that year, maybe space Legos or something awesome. And so I would shake these presents and if it clinked, clanked, clunked, snacked, something like there's a toy in there, it would go in this pile. And then if I shook it and it swoosh, 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 you know it was underwear. (laughs) And so now I would take this and I put this in this pile. And I would I try to be kind of inconspicuous, like no one's really paying attention. And I would just kind of shake, shake, shake to my left, shake, shake, shake to my right. And I'd have these, these two piles of toys in one hand and underwear, crew socks, you know, things that every eight-year-old boy was really wanting for Christmas. Now, I was thankful. Don't think like, man, who is this guy on the stage? I was grateful. Socks are a very practical thing. But at the age of eight years old, I'm kind of like, you know, I really want that brand new transformer for Christmas, right? And so as I had my piles, and I was doing this, I was getting pretty good at it, actually. There came a time when my family caught on to me. And what happened is that my family now would know what I was doing, and they would start to put things into the boxes that swooshed to fool me. So I would have the box that would clink and clank, like, ooh, I think I know what this is. And I would have it in the toy pile, and then they would pack toys so that it swooshed, and then I'd put that in the wrong pile. And this is why I did this. I had this whole scheme made up. I mean, I, I hope it's just me. Otherwise, I'm talking to a lot of people. This is embarrassing. But this is just me. Uh, I would want to take a box that was a toy so I could open that toy first. And then my family would go around in a circle, and they took forever to come back to me. We were part of that family where like everybody opens a present at a time and you have to talk about how much you like it. Oh, it's so wonderful. Thank you, Aunt Doris, for this. I love this thing. And you'd go around, right? So for a kid, it felt like forever. So here's my strategy. Open the toy, then open the socks. Like back and forth. Because here's my logic. I have time to look at the toy while they go around. Socks, cool. And now it goes around again, right? Here's my logic. But now everything's all messed up. Now, I'm opening socks when I thought there were toys. I'm opening toys when I thought there were socks. They screwed up the whole system for me. And I would open something with such a great expectation, and my heart was so excited for, and I was so disappointed to see underwear. You know how excited I am now at the age of 40 to get new underwear? <laughs> when I open a pair of socks, and it's got extra padding on the bottom... Like, this is going to make my arches feel so much better. Please, thank you so much for this wonderful gift. Crazy how time changes things, right? But here I am as a young Jason, and I was just so unbelievably disappointed. I was disappointed for multiple reasons. One, the disappointment came from I didn't get what I expected. I really was waiting for that special toy. Now, 
we all have had those Christmases, and you don't get everything that you want at Christmas time. We understand that. We understand that. And, and, you know, I'd have a list, and back in the 80s, we'd circle in the catalogs, the J.C. Penney's and Sears catalogs, the toys that we wanted, and I would hand the whole catalog to my mom and say, here. Um, and we, we used to, like, that's how we'd have our Christmas lists. Now they send you just Amazon, like, here's the link, buy it. I'm like, okay, it's easy, done. So, but this list that I had, there was always a small amount of disappointment of not getting that big thing maybe you wanted. But when you had your hopes up super high and you didn't get that item, you just felt kind of, oh, thank you. And because even though it was a nice gift or a wonderful gift or it was a lovely thought out present, because of your mind being in one place, you totally missed it. And I missed some lovely, wonderful gifts during that time. And this is something that we don't think about in the Christmas season, is that in the Christmas season, we actually are celebrating a time and place in when the Messiah had come and they were all really disappointed. Probably never thought of it that way because we see baby Jesus in the manger. Uh, we see the wise men around him. We see sheep. We see cows. You know, we have all these figurines and we have them out in our yard, plastic versions, right, made up old milk jugs. We have this nativity and we think this looks like such a wonderful time of Christmas, but you may not know that they were really disappointed in Jesus, and that's the journey we're going to be taking today. Because when the people of Israel were waiting for Messiah, they were waiting for someone who's going to be a great king, and instead a baby was born in a manger. So listen to this. This is from Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. Now, Isaiah 9, very, very popular uh, verse. You see it at the Hobby Lobby, on your Christmas cards. You've heard this verse potentially before. But this was a prophecy, and a prophecy means that there is someone that can foresee, is telling the future, and God spoke through his prophet Isaiah to say a Messiah is going to come. Listen to what this Messiah is supposed to be about. It says this, For us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end, and he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Almighty Lord will accomplish this. This passage was so precious to the people because God was speaking and then God went silent. We see in the Old Testament that God is speaking and he's telling things and he speaks in Isaiah that he is going to send one who is going to save Israel. And so this was a very, very, very precious passage. And they would know this passage, and they would live and just adore this passage, waiting for the coming Messiah. And then God went silent. This period of silence, it seems like God had forgotten what he had promised, but he wasn't. There was a time in which he was going to come. And as they were waiting, and as they were wanting to understand who the Messiah is, they're breaking down this prophecy. And there's a couple of things to note here, maybe, that you saw. The government is going to be on our shoulders. What in the world does that mean? The government's going to be on his shoulders. Our kids said it. You're like, wow, that's a big word, government, right? This is the idea. The Messiah was to come, and he is going to be the ruler of all. So when the government's on his shoulders, this Messiah is going to come and rule everything. The land is all going to be his. And the governments, all of them will bow down to this new king, and everyone will be servant of this new king from Israel. And on top of that, another thing you may have noticed is they said that he'll reign on the throne of King David. King David was an Old Testament king who was like the superstar of all superstars for the nation of Israel. 
He was the most famous of all kings. And being in the lineage of David meant that, meant that you have the opportunity to then receive the throne and continue the reign that started all those years before. So to be in the line of King David was a huge, huge thing. And David was a military prowess. He was out there taking land. He was the one who pushed Israel forward. He gave them some of their greatest times was King David. And so you start to read this and say, okay, I see what's going to happen here. Our new Messiah and our new king is going to be a political and military juggernaut. He is going to come and he's going to wreck shop over everything. And now this new king, this new Messiah is going to save Israel. And Israel is going to be the ruler of the earth. And he is going to make, this Messiah is going to make Israel great again. Back when they were a long time ago, they were a huge powerhouse. And then at this time, they were suffering. At the time of Jesus' arrival, it was Rome that ruled all of the land. And so when there was a Messiah coming, they thought, this new king is going to be the greatest thing ever. We are going to be back in power and running the world. That's what they were waiting for. They're waiting for this type to come. But the problem is, is that's not who came. They were really disappointed in what came because their Messiah is going to come on a chariot and cut people's heads off and be a powerhouse and strong and take land. This Messiah comes as a baby who's born in a manger from a nowhere town in nowhere, and he just kind of came without a lot of pomp and circumstance. But there was pomp and circumstance to the people that God spoke to and this comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Again, a popular passage if you've heard the, the narrative of Jesus coming. It says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the, angels said to, or the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Messiah had come. This is it. This is our time. So here's shepherds are like, guys, 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 guys. We were in the field, and there were like angels, and they're like, bro, Messiah's here. And we're like, let's go tell people. And they like just took off, right? So they are all fired up. They take off. They look. There's Barry. There's the baby. There's a manger. They're like, this is all real. This is real. The Messiah has come. The angel said the Messiah has come. The Messiah has now come. This is all legitimate. So they start telling everybody. And the word that the Messiah had come is now spreading like wildfire. Wildfire. It's our time. Remember, our time meant we're back in political and military power. 
We are the ones who is in charge. We are going to live a great life. We're going to have money. We're going to be rich. We're going to be superpower. This is great. The Messiah is going to save Israel. He's going to take care of all of us and make sure that we are great again. And then something happened. From the time that that baby was born to the time we see Jesus in ministry, starting his ministry approximately 30-some years later, it all died off. Something happened in those 30 years in which they're like, mm, meh. Something happened in 30-some years from this is the baby in a manger. We heard about you. Yes, shepherds, angels, all that stuff. Something happened in which now we see this young boy. Now he's a young man, and now he's just a man. This is the Messiah? He's not the Messiah. He's just an ordinary guy. He's from Nazareth. And this is where we pick up another passage that shows what's happening here as he moved forward. He starts to read a passage. And it's a beautiful story here because in his time, he starts to show that he's Messiah. This is Luke 4, 14 to 22. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as it was a custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery for sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. When he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? So Jesus starts talking, and he says, Hey, just so you know, I'm the one who's coming to save everybody. Rolls up the scroll and hands it over to the attendant. And they're like, Oh, my word, I've never heard him speak like this. Like, do you, think, do you think he's the Messiah? And they're like, wait, isn't that Joseph's kid? We know Joseph, the carpenter. Isn't that, that's not him. He's not the Messiah. That's just Joseph's boy. And then Jesus goes on and further in the scripture and says, I am the Messiah. And that group of people are just like, oh, yeah, that's Joseph's kid. I'll rise up and push him to the edge of town to chuck him off of a cliff. If they thought he was the Messiah, they would not have dared to throw Jesus off of a cliff. And why would they have such an extreme motion like that? Because they didn't believe he was the one they're waiting for. He was an ordinary guy from an ordinary town. There's nothing special about him at all. He was not a military leader. He wasn't in politics. He was just a normal guy from a small little Nazareth town where nothing really good ever comes from. Disappointment. Jesus was their Christmas underwear. Just disappointment. It was socks. It swooshed. This is what we wanted. God, you've got this all wrong. I didn't want this. I wanted something on my list. My list says that my Jesus is strong and powerful, and he's going to get me rich. I want my Jesus the way I want my Jesus. My Messiah is my Messiah. We don't want him. We want the one we've been waiting for. You said from your prophet Isaiah, the government's going to be on his shoulders, then he's going to rule for the line of King David, make us great again. And then there was a baby in a manger. The disappointment you can imagine that's starting to run through 
this group of people in this community would be huge. But Jesus doesn't stop. He actually goes forward and he starts to preach and heal the sick, give sight to the blind. He is giving out forgiveness. He's showing people that God is love. He is now teaching people what the kingdom of God looks like. He's showing people how to pray, how to forgive in ways that have never been heard before. He is showing people something brand new. And for his three-ish years of ministry, he's doing this. And the crowd starts to believe. They start to believe. They start to say, maybe he is the one we're waiting for. Maybe he is the Messiah. Maybe, because he's like, he's a prophet or he's somebody from God, but he's doing things we've never seen before. What if he is it? And this is what happens. We move forward in John chapter 12, verses 12 to 13. This is when Jesus, if you know about Palm Sunday, this is what happens on Palm Sunday. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. That's our king. And so they all come out in this huge crowd, and they're waving palm branches, and they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, he's it. This is the one. God has sent the Messiah. This is so awesome. Our time is now. He is going in, and he's going to free us from Rome, and he is going to make us great again. Our Messiah has finally come. He's it. And days later, the same crowd of people are screaming, crucify him. Same crowd, crucify him. They were disappointed. They were, he wasn't who they thought he would be. The expectations of the group of people that were there at that time period is that the king was going to come to save them. They didn't know that the king was coming to save everybody. They thought the king was coming to just focus his attention on the nation of Israel. But what they missed in this beautiful story is God's story is much bigger than just one small group. It was meant for all of humanity, for all time, that we now have an opportunity to know Jesus Christ as Savior because he did something only God could do. He sent his son to die in our place for our sins so that you can have eternal life. What if he just came to be a great king of Israel? What if? Let's just play that side of the card. If he came, there would be books written about him. We'd hear stories about him. He'd be well-known. Israel would rise to power. But if that was all, we wouldn't know what plan God has for us. If that was all, then the Messiah came to save a people group politically and a group of people militarily. That passes with time. Those people missed the point. They were so disappointed. They wanted the present that they wanted, and they were fooled. They were duped, they felt. But the truth is, God had such a bigger plan in mind for all of us. And all these years later, we're still doing the same thing. We like Jesus the way we like our Jesus sometimes, right? I like my Jesus. I like my seven-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus. In the, I like him. I like him. He's nice, he's cute, and he's cuddly. I don't like the Jesus that tells me I have to forgive my enemy. I don't like that Jesus. So I cut that part out. I like that he forgives me. I like that part. That part clinks. The forgive others, that part swooshes. I look at Jesus and I say, okay, Jesus, here's something. I don't like the part where you tell me to love people who have hurt me. That part swooshes. I like the part where you tell people 
to love me and that you love me, that part clinks. The truth of the matter is that we are doing the same thing 2,000 years later a lot of times in our lives and our culture. We want Jesus the way we want him as opposed to who is he really? He is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He did come to die so that you can live. He really was the only one who could do that. He did not come for politics or for war. He came to rage war on sin. He came to free his children from the captivity that we've created in our sin. That's who Jesus is. And Jesus says things in the Bible that make me feel loved and warm. He says things that great against me because I'm messing up and I can feel the sin in my life. And that's my Jesus. All of them. I don't get to pick and choose which parts I like and don't like. Because the king has come. And this king is about bringing God's kingdom to earth so that we can know what it means. Because when Jesus returns, he doesn't come as a seven-pound, eight-ounce baby in a manger. He now comes as the king of kings and lord of lords. And when Jesus comes back now, he's coming back to claim his people, to say, those who have followed me are my kingdom forever. Those who have rejected me are not. And I've come for this purpose. I've come that you all can know freedom. That is the Jesus of Christmas. The beauty of Christmas is that it is the beginning. It's the beginning of a story. At Mosaic, we, we talk a lot about what it means for us to become a church family, and we planted a church five years ago now, right before COVID, great time to plant a church. We've gone through so many different things. And the thing that has been in our DNA from day one is that we're a church for people who are broken, who admit it, and need help. I know for a lot of us at this season that we can see Christmas is shiny and bright, which it really is, but at the same time, we're hurting inside, we're broken inside, we're sad inside, but we put on a smile for everybody. One of our core values at Mosaic is it's okay to not be okay. Years ago, a group of people came together and said, what if we created a place, hear this, we think Jesus, his people would probably go to, the people he interacts with, that he'd want to hang out with the broken, lost people, because when you read the Bible, that's where Jesus' heart is, broken, lost, hurting people. So if that's you today, Friends, you're in good company and know that we're here. We're here for that purpose of carrying Jesus' mission forward in Washington County. We're here to celebrate the birth of a king, but we're celebrating tonight the whole king, the savior, the Messiah, the king of all, the king of the universe, the one who came as a baby who died on a cross, the one who is not dead. He now sits on his throne, is coming back. He is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he is Emmanuel, what means God with us. Friends, this Christmas, see Jesus for who he is. He came to save you. And that is the greatest gift of all time. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering. For service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.